0: Welcome to the Wind Daily Podcast. This is Jason Mizrahi and I got Matt Stryker with me and we're talking the Thursday MLB night We're gonna start with the back first nationals game. We got Zach Frankie and Eric steady, you know, squaring off here. The Nationals start a little bit better. It's gonna be a tough match for them. I like Grant starting the game. I think he's probably gonna be one of the
1: think here. How did you this first game uh, break, break, break. Well, Greinke's uh, been quietly good, right? A two point seven ERA over his last four starts. Granke is a good pitcher. Straight up, Like that's not any crazy fantasy advice. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Plus, I think he's also coming off an extra day of rest. All of these elements will push me off this game. It, it's no play for me in a DFS world just because of these elements.
0: Yeah, I think I'm not really I'm not really jumping on these nats bats. I think there's better bats that we're going to target in different games. Yeah. Ranky on on FanDuel at 9500. You got guys right above them that have a higher ceiling that we're going to talk about shortly. I won't I won't disagree with the play if somebody wants to attack Ranky here and attack these Washington bats but with Eaton back Turner back um Soto they they're, they're A tougher lineup today than they were two, three weeks ago. So I think there's better spots. I agree with you. I think it's a stay-away spot from both sides. A game that I'm not going to really target on this slate on Thursday night. But we can jump directly into the next game here. we got Toronto and Baltimore. Toronto, I guess, somewhat broke out on Wednesday. They had a million chances to score a ton of runs. And they kind of got all their runs from singles and walks outside of a Tellez home run. And they're going to be somewhat chalky again. FanDuel does not want to raise the prices on anybody named Guerrero or Grichik. So everybody's going to come in really cheap. They make sense. They've been letting me down all year long. But again, I think versus Noah, uh, there's a definitely a shot here. I'm not going to pitch Stroman. I'm not going to really attack these Baltimore bats. They were cute for a week. But they're done, uh, done for now. What do you think about these Toronto bats? Are we making money with guys like Smoke and Guerrero? Or are we just going to fade them again and stay away?
1: First off, I love you called the Orioles bats. Cute. They were cute for a week, but now no more. I have here in my notes, you know, the Orioles have been playing a strange fantasy role lately. Uh, and it's something I want to examine. Maybe I'll just do it at a later date. I've been sticking like you with trying to get some sort of Vlad mini stack, you know, Vlad and whomever's hitting ahead of him or behind him. Anytime he's in the lineup, it's just maybe it's it's silly, but I just want to have some kind of skin in that game. Other than that, I don't know if I really want to get into the action here. Similar to you, I think that I'm scared off because of what Baltimore was. If they're cute, they might still be cute. They get a new haircut, but on the flip side, I want to try to get some type of Vlad taste in my mouth. That did not sound right. You know what I'm trying to
0: say. <laughs> yeah, this, this dude, Teles has been good. He's been right. with power. Baltimore is a it's a hitter's park. So I don't mind Biggio. I don't mind Telez. I don't mind Guerrero. And if you want to round out the stack, grab somebody in the top of the lineup like Grechuk. He must have left, I would say. I don't know the exact number, but I would say he left seven, eight men on base on Wednesday night and drive me up a wall. So you know I don't mind going back to the well here. I think there's better spots, but grabbing a couple guys makes sense because they're they're cheap. Um, now going into Tampa Bay, we got Scaggs versus Yarbrough. Um, not going to pitch Yarbrough here. Scaggs, I've seen a couple sharks play him at times, but Tampa Bay is a good team, man. They they just get to pitchers and they're going to put up three or four runs minimum off Scaggs. They're going to knock him out. Probably after five. If he's lucky, he gets six innings, but I doubt it here. I'm staying away from Skaggs. I'm staying away from Yarborough. And for the most part, I'm staying away from this game in general. Um, I'm not going to speak too much of it. I'm assuming you're saying the same thing. It's a no-go for you, but can you play a guy like Skaggs? He's a little bit cheaper, you know, on Thursday.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point, how you do find, kind of see some guys pick on Skaggs and and try to make play here. So you and I are in accord, but there's a slight difference here. I've always favored Ryan Yarbrough, but the handedness concerns me enough to stay away on that end. Here's the thing. I always find myself ending up on the practicality of Tampa Bats, especially this team has a run differential of plus 95. They are very hard to stay off. So I'm going with the Tampa stack here. I, I can't give you specifics of how you're gonna put it in, juxtapose it and move it around, but there's something here to try to get a nice little value and give a lineup some real, real solid foundation.
0: Yeah, I think that you know pretty much every slate Tampa goes on their own, especially when they're facing uh, a lefty, because you know people like playing Meadows, people like playing low, um, but. When they face a lefty, people get a little bit hesitant playing Fam and Garcia uh, and attacking a lefty. So I think they go under-owned, even though it's a nine-game slate. I still think they go under-owned here, you know, even more than than most people think because of Skaggs. So I don't mind the play. I think there's better spots that we're going to get into. But, you know, I can see Tampa Bay being a sneaky stack going into Thursday night. This next game is probably where you want to grab your pitchers. Um the Cardinals basically basically got blanked by a no-name pitcher, you know, in in Miami on Wednesday, and now they're facing DeGrom. DeGrom's coming in at a at a discount for what he could be or what he should be. And Flaherty at the same time, he's coming in at a discount. So I think DeGrom is the top pitching arm of the slate. And I think a guy like Flaherty is your top value of the slate at seventy nine hundred dollars on FanDuel, you're not gonna find anybody really with more upside at that price in a matchup that you know on paper is really good for Flaherty, these these Mets have been battling as, as of late, so he's not a safe play. But I'm gonna stay away from both bats. I like the Grom as my cash game pitcher, and I like Flaherty for GPPs. Do you feel safe playing a guy like Flaherty coming off a rough start in Chicago, um, Matt?
1: So this game makes me you know, pu- pull my hair out because everything you're saying is just so on point. There's so many different options and ways to go here, and I I always say like, I'm holding my money in my hand. Where am I going to put it? It's just it's one of those things. I'd never advocate going against DeGrom, and I understand what you're saying, but it's not enough. There's, there's not a lot of pitching on the slate, and I don't care much for Met-Bats either, so I'm kind of like either going no play or I'm going DeGrom but I want to see what else is out there first.
0: So how do you feel about Flaherty, though? Like at $7,900, so say you want to get some of these coarse bats that we'll talk about soon.
1: Okay. What, see, where, do you, where do you protect well, Flaherty right. at? So then that's what you say. So I, we didn't get to that. So yes, now, if you want to go and build what I call a nice pregnant lineup, and to me that's what I'll have it in my article today, it'll be about I'm bat heavy today. Very bat heavy. In order to be bat heavy, I need to find pitching value. So there's a couple of pitchers. I think one's in the early game, and we, we you know we pushed it away. But there's a couple of pitchers that I think I could get in with value, and then build a very pregnant lineup. Flaherty could be one of those pitchers. I want to see the weather. I want to see the full lineup. Things of this nature. But yes, you you do make a great point for that price.
0: So the the other guy that we kind of skipped over is Strowman.
1: Strowman at Baltimore.
0: Yeah, that's a guy that, you know, you kind of mentioned that for value. So you have, do you have Stroman ahead of Flaherty?
1: Uh, I mean, on paper, I think it's chalky. almost have to, given the numbers, but um, I'm going to look at the weather, but yeah, I would maybe have Stroman. What's Stroman priced at on Fandle? He's
0: 7,200, Flaherty 7,900. So, so you get here, a slight here. discount on Stroman.
1: But here's our conversation, though. $700 could make a huge difference if I'm I'm making it up. I need to build it. I find a nice Colorado stack, but I just can't get it the way I like it because I'm short X hundred dollars. That's what I'm talking about. The difference yeah. is 700 bucks.
0: I think those are the two value plays. We kind of skipped over Stroman, so I don't mind going back to okay. Baltimore is not a scary lineup. Uh, you know, I kind of. We kind of hovered over that, but Strowman does come in a, in at a good value, so I'm glad you brought it up. I think, you know, for for two aspects, I I can see giving him the nod over Flaherty. I think the the win percentage of Toronto is greater than Flaherty going against Degrom. So if you want to bank on the win and those extra points that you'll get for the win with Strowman, I think you have a better chance of getting the win with Strowman than Flaherty. So I think it's very close. You know, I think they're almost. Projected, you know, with our models to be within a couple points of each other. So I think either of them makes sense. It really comes down to that $700. Um, how much nicer does that lineup feel with that $700? And if it feels great, then then go Strowman. It's not much of a difference as far as projection goes between the two of them. So I like the call. I'm glad we got back to Strowman just to kind of put that out there. Now we have a game between uh, Texas versus Boston. You know, Boston's going to be reeling because they lost the Stanley Cup. So now they They're stuck to these Red Sox to root for for the rest of the year. Um, You got Price versus Adrian Sampson. Price isn't a good matchup here. You know, these Rangers are, are a team that you want to attack from the left hand side. So I think Price will go extremely under owned, you know, because when you see DeGrom at 10 2 on FanDuel and you see Price at 9 8, people are going to not even debate it and they're going to go straight to DeGrom. So I think. Price is a good GPP pivot off of the grom um, at a discount four hundred dollars not much, but I think for the ownership play, if the grom has one of those shaky starts and price right. ends up being your top pitcher of the slate um, he could be a, a slate breaker here because he's gonna be he's gonna be severely underowned due to his pricing because people will definitely spend an extra four hundred dollars to get the grom over price can you Feel safe putting your money behind David Price versus Texas? Uh,
1: <laughs> safe putting my money behind David Price. Just let that sentence linger for a moment. Um, you know, this is eighth grade Matthew's favorite kind of game. There's a lot of numbers here. Uh, if I'm going to put some money behind, again, I'm looking at Stroman. I'm looking at Flaherty. Also, I want to look at Julio Tehran, depending on what time I'm listening to this. So there are other ways I might go. I don't know if I can build the lineup I want to build with Price there. Let me just give some numbers, right? So Price has a, a 1.88 ERA over his last nine starts. That's nice. Samson is 5-0 with a 1.99 ERA, a whip of nearly just one and 30 strikeouts. I mean, he's, he's downright stingy. I'm scared off here. Either way, there's, there's no play for me here.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's- – Samson, like I never I, I stacked against him a couple of times. I'm like, who is this guy? What is going on? Here? <laughs> who is Steve? And what is he doing to
1: my lineup?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you look at price too. You know, coming off a year last year, he's battling injuries, but 10K's versus Tampa in his last start, you know, battle against the Yankees and dropped 41 points, got six K's, had a nice game in Cleveland. He's coming off three games where he put up 40, 41 points, and 55 points. So I don't hate. Hate the play, but I do feel safe here, you know, grabbing DeGrom for $400 more. So I think he's good for a GBP. Samson's in a weird spot here. $8,000 he has been better, but I'm not going to target a guy in Boston versus Boston at $8,000. That's not a proven commodity. I'd rather take Flaherty or, you know, Stroman there. So I don't really want to attack the bats here. People will attack Samson but he's been good. So I'm going to stay away from this game pretty much in general. Um, now we got a, another interesting game. We got Matthew Boyd, who's been uber consistent this year, only had maybe one or two rough starts going, in, going against Bailey. I'm not touching any bats. If you want to talk about the bats, you you can have the next five minutes because I'm not going to talk <laughs> about these bats at all. People think KC's a good hitting team and they want to play Monacy and Merrifield I'm staying away. I don't think they can put together enough runs um, to, to attack Boyd. And as, as, as much as I want to attack Homer Bailey, I'm not attacking Detroit Tiger-Bats. But what do you think about Boyd here against, okay. against these, these Royals?
1: So, yeah, games like this frighten me. You know, Boyd could be a good value play here, as could Tiger-Bats because uh, today – It was confirmed that Miguel Cabrera will take like little to no more reps in the field anymore. He's strictly a bat guy. So maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, maybe not even today, but eventually I think Cabrera might come around and hit. But, um, yeah, Boyd could be the play here. And uh, Otherwise, I'm not going to be forced into it unless I need to dip into this game to balance out a lineup. Maybe I need to find $700, $1,200 to add to throw around somewhere, and if I move some parts around... And I pick up uh, Ronnie Rodriguez, I'm making it up. Maybe that does something for me.
0: I think I think we gotta look at <clears throat> excuse me. I think we gotta look at Boyd a little bit though. Um guy's been consistent. I like to target KC. I'm not scared of KC at all. He put up, I know it's been a while, it was May 3rd, his last start versus KC, but he put up fifty-two points, seven innings, nine K's. Um, so he, he knows how to attack this lineup, and his lineup's gotten weaker in the last month than it was. He's yeah. pretty, you know, he's got only one start all year that he's put up less than thirty points. And that was versus Houston. Every other start, he's 31, 40, 50. He's gonna he's pretty safe to get you 35 points, I think, in his matchup. And he's got the upside to get you 50 points. So I think he he comes in again. Low ownership. I like him more than David Price. Um, I like him even more than Clayton Kershaw. I don't know how you feel about that, but, you know, Kershaw versus the Cubs or Matt Boyd versus KC, I'll take Boyd over Kershaw. Yeah, yeah so, I mean,
1: you, you make a really, really great point about this. And sometimes people, because it's not sexy, because it's not cool, but if you could build a nice little dope lineup with, like, Flaherty or you could build it with Boyd or Tehran, go ahead, let everyone else throw their money at, you know, Kershaw, Lester, or whatever it's going to be.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I think... I think I, I put him in contention. I think DeGrom has more upside, but Boyd probably comes in my number two pitcher of the slate and he gets lower ownership because who the hell is going to pay more money for Boyd than DeGrom? Who's going to pay more money for Boyd than Kershaw? You know, I think only the Sharks do or people who want to get lower owned players will go ahead and do so. So in GPPs, I think he's a good target because he's going to be a great pivot off Price, DeGrom, and Kershaw. He'll probably go. Under own out of those three guys, so I like What the did play. you say?
1: What did you say? He, Boyd was priced out on Fanduel.
0: He's ten five on Fanduel. Degrom is ten two, and Kershaw is ten four. So he comes in as the highest pitcher on the slate, and he definitely doesn't have anywhere near name recognition as Degrom or Kershaw does. So I think yeah. he goes. If Degrom is say twenty five percent owned, and Kershaw is maybe. Fifteen or ten percent owned. I think Boyd comes in sub ten percent owned, even on a short site like this, because people are going to play Stroman, people are going to play Granky, people are going to play Flaherty. Um, so I think he comes really under own here. So I think he's a sneaky GBP target, um, if you ask me.
1: Nice, I love it. That's why I ask you, because I love things like this.
0: So now we got the guy that I can't get right. Um, I don't know if you're a Yankee fan or a Met fan. I never spoke really spoke to you about this. I never brought it up because I, you know, I like you too much to this kind of conversation with you. But what do we do with Jay Happ? His price is eighty-eight hundred. Some people like to target these White Sox. I kind of get scared off the White Sox. I, I avoided Corbin on Tuesday because you know I had a bad feeling about it. I'm not going to play Happ. But do you have any feeling on Happ as far yeah, sure. as? His is he is he back? Or okay. Who is Here's he?
1: the deal. So, yeah, it's it's a great question. It's a question that in my article I po- I poised about Joe Musgrove. Like, will the real Joe Musgrove please stand up? Here's the thing that you have about Hop, and you can't ignore it. He has a fly ball tendency, and that's just where this conversation begins and ends. I can give you every single metric he has at this point. The CRA, oh, his whip is this tendency to give up fly balls. End of story. So that's why I stay away from Hap, even though in this ballpark in Chicago, eh, depending on which way the wind's going. Uh, these are the games where the Yankees are supposed to roll. New York bats are supposed to be a play. A Yankee stack is supposed to be a play. Judge and Stanton are coming back. Guys are looking over their shoulder. Everyone knows there's going to be four guys in two spots, and I got to play better. Yankee bat stack. Stay away from Hap. That's my rhyme.
0: That's it. Yeah, I like the Yankees bats here. Nova... He's not going to strike out these bats. I think they're going to hit with power. I think they kind of break out here. They let me down the other night in a great matchup, but I I have no problem coming back to them. Voight, Hicks, Sanchez, Didi, Torres. I don't know what to do with Morales, another guy that just keeps on getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, but he's in a great lineup and he's due for some, you know, positive regression. But, you know, I like the Yankees. I think they come in as one of the top stacks. Nova hasn't done anything impressive at all. So I think you, you can attack Nova from either side of the plate. I don't see him pitching past five innings. He hasn't been terrible. You know, there's, there's definitely worse pitchers on the slate. But this is not a good matchup for him at all. So I like the Yankee call. Um, here's the big game here. I think you have to stack it, um, at least from a Colorado standpoint. I'm not going to really attack these San Diego bats as much as some people will because they see Coors Field. They're like, oh, i got to play everybody in Coors Field. I, I don't think John Gray's going to get that roughed up here against the San Diego lineup that's full of righties. But Marjevis, on the other hand, he's not going to strike people out, and you can't go into Coors Field expecting to let the ball just be batted around and people are going to make plays because those plays are not going to be caught in the outfield. They're going to be caught over the fence by fans. So the righties... Story, Arenado, if you don't know their names by now, you shouldn't be playing MLB DFS. Um, Desmond Reynolds probably won't get the start. He hasn't been playing much of as of late, but I don't mind rolling out Ionetta. I don't mind Desmond. I don't mind going with Blackman. I made a mistake um, on Tuesday and rolled out a Colorado stack without Blackman because they were facing a lefty, and he ended up hitting a home run. Uh, he had like 30 or 40 points on Fanduel. messed up by night. But stack any four bats from the Colorado side is my suggestion. Don't get overzealous with, with San Diego bats here unless you, you kind of have a, a strong feeling on a couple people, Matt. Are you seeing the same way? Are you attacking Gray with, with Padre bats, or are you just going to play the Colorado side?
1: So I just want to confirm, I see Gray versus Strom. You have Gray versus Marcia Ah, f- uh,
0: Let me check in one other spot. So on FanDuel, we're doing this very, very early on Thursday, very late on Wednesday. I'm seeing FanDuel saying we got more Jevis. Where do you see um Strom going? I see
1: Strom on mlb.com probable pictures.
0: Okay. So, but let's
1: talk about both options, because that's what we do. Uh, and listen, funny, I
0: have... on another side I see Cal Quantrill. So now we have three guys to talk about. <laughs>
1: okay, fine. Uh, if it's Cal Quantrill, this becomes a, a little different. I want to see how that kid would pitch there. Uh, under the assumption that it was Strom versus Gray, I, in my article I have, this is my line. It's not a paragraph. This is my line of words. Every bat you possibly can every San Diego bat stack, every Colorado bat stack, play the odds here. I mean, I'm kidding, and obviously you have to take it with a grain of salt. If Fred Reyes is in the lineup, I definitely want I want some, some stock in him. And, yeah, I want to see uh, who's going to take the hill for San Diego, but there's definitely a nice amalgamation of rocky bats that I can make happen and, and make a little money for me.
0: Yeah, the easy play here, if it ends up being a lefty with either Strom or Margevis, um, you definitely stack the Rockies. If it's this kid Quantrill, maybe lighten up a little bit, but I still think you want four bats anyways. You just probably want the left-handed bats over the right-handed bats. So if it's Quantrill, you know, I would lean towards Blackman, Dahl, Murphy, and then sliding either Story or Arenado in. Now, Is, Arenado, those- is
1: Arenado playing? Didn't he leave the game with the rib? issue? Did he go to get spare ribs? He went to get Chinese food. Something happened, I think. I don't know. But check your local listings to see if he's in the
0: lineup. So I guess he hits home runs and then he leaves games. Um, I don't know. I know he left early. It was a blowout. Um, they were up 8-10 to 10 runs. I don't know what kind of reports. They might have just gave him you know, the, the rest of the night off because they were up like 7-8 runs. So definitely check into that. We'll update you on Twitter. If we see anything, check out your reports. Confirm lineups. Um, But again, you really like, you know, as far as Gray goes, what do you think, since we know Gray's pitching, what do you think the Padres finish with tomorrow? I mean, on Thursday. Do they finish with four runs off of Gray, five runs off of Gray? Does this end up being a 10-8 game, or are you looking more like a— Well, you have
1: to take it into consideration and remember how the game is changing. Just because you see a starter as a probable, after five innings, after six innings, when Gray goes away and they get to the bullpen, or they're trying to get to— I, guess, I think it's still Oberg in this situation. Uh, that's where you look for teams to start to pad it. That's why run lines in baseball, you have to think the entire game. Don't be fooled by saying it's Gray versus Blank. Uh, for the first five innings, I can see Gray quieting Padre bats for six innings. Second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup, Padre have professional hitters. Hosmer can figure something out. Like I said, if Reyes is in the lineup, he could definitely get a hold of one. It's 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 a trick question, Jason. It's a trick question.
0: Yeah, these I'm looking. I'm just looking to see what the history is versus Gray because I know they match up against each other, you know, several times a year. Um Myers is 12 for 31 with three home runs versus him. Machado, four for 13 with a home run. Hosmer, four for 19. Um, so there's Hunter Renfro, four for six with three home runs. That's kind of shocking that he's hitting so many home runs off him. So, you know, I think I'm not going to obviously pitch Gray. That's not my thought here. But, you know, I'm hesitant to, to stack against Gray, but I'm not going to hate against it. It's coarse field, so it makes a lot of sense. Let's get into this last game. We have Kershaw versus Lester. To me, it's a, it's a stay-away spot all around. I think Kershaw is going to, you know, he's going to hang in there. He, I don't, I'm not going to pitch Kershaw, and I'm not going to pitch Lester. It's a stay-away spot for me. I think, you know, if I was going to play bats, obviously I'm going to play the Dodgers bats. Turner, Freeze, Taylor. You know, they're going to come in and slight discounts, maybe Kike. Uh, Belger's always in play. Lester's been good this year. Not great, but he's been good. Better in real life than DFS purposes. So I'm not going to really attack too hard here. But, you know, I can see them getting to Lester. If they get to Lester, the game is over. And, you know, these bats are going to kind of just pound on the Chicago bullpen. But I'm going to stay away in its entirety. I think there's better games that we spoke about from both perspectives. Do you see this game playing out any differently?
1: So uh, two ways. One, put your money away and just watch some baseball and enjoy it because it's still Clayton Kershaw, man. Don't let that – to me, that bloom is never going to be off that rose. I just – I have an infatuation with him. Um, I will have multiple lineups today, and one of them will be built around Clayton Kershaw just because, to be honest, because I'm up. I'm up in the first week of June. I'm not down, so I can get a little you know, risque. I can wear an off-the-shoulder blouse. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, yeah, I hear you. If if Dodgers can chase Lester, then yeah, sure, some Dodger bats would be lovely to have, especially now. What is it? Seeger's out. I think Chris Taylor takes that spot. Uh, Chris just because Chris Taylor's going to get uh, more playing time doesn't make him a better player. He's been struggling, but uh, he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, and as far as the Arenado. Uh, news as of today said he was hit. x-rays on his left forearm didn't reveal any significant damage, but there's definitely damage there. So I don't know if he's going to be playing today.
0: Yeah, So keep an eye on that. So we basically, you know, broke this slate down for you. For Break it me, down. for me, I got Degrom on FanDuel as probably the top cash play. I do like Boyd over Price and Kershaw. I like Flaherty and Strowman for value. And that's what my pitchers are looking at. I'm looking at those those guys in my player pool for pitching. I don't think you need to go outside of that. From From a stack perspective, I think you can play these Blue Jays again because they're cheap. And the Blue Jays would be a good pairing with Coors Field. And on the Coors Field side of things, I like the the Rockies better than the Padres. Matt is trying his best to kind of slide me over some Padre exposure. So I, I don't hate to play at all. But I think that's, you know, it's a pretty easy slate when you look at the pitching and the hitting. And I think these Yankees, you know, make a lot of sense too. So I think if I, if I can find a way to get a, a Rockies-Yankees stack with one of the pitchers I mentioned, that's where my first targets will go. And then my variations, I'll have some San Diego Padres or Rockies, maybe have some Blue Jays and Rockies, and maybe also pay off for some you know, some Boyd shares and DeGrom shares and Flaherty shares, you know, where need be. Matt, you want to you wanna put some, some finishing touches on these games?
1: Yeah, listen, I realize that this is a very bat-heavy stack, at least for me, my eyes, my money. I'm going to be looking for some value pitchers to fill in a bat-cost-heavy lineup. Like I said, I think Tehran could be a play, definitely as could Boyd. I know they aren't sexy, but uh, in order to build the lineups the way I want to, this is how I have to go. Uh, Kershaw also is someone I will try to anchor some type of creative lineup with my bats that I'm excited to play are Tampa bats and twin bats. Yes. Rocky and Yankee bats will be a part of my day to day, but I really want to feel good on the return tomorrow when twin and Tampa bats pay off. I want to feel like, like I know what I'm talking about. Like a big guy, a strut, Conor McGregor walk.
0: So you're, you're, you're playing these twins bats in the early slate. I'm assuming. Um, and you mentioned Tehran. So in the all day slate, you know, just to kind of throw it out there. Um, yeah, the twins, Kikuchi has been getting blown up everywhere he goes. You want the righties from the twins. If you're playing the early slate, Tehran makes some sense. I know you kept on mentioning him early. There's these two early games that if you look at and you want to break them down really briefly, the twins make sense from a hitting perspective. And I guess Tehran makes the most sense from a pitching perspective. If you're playing his early two game slate. And I would kind of just avoid this slate and just focus on the main slate. But for those who want that action, you know, go ahead and get that action. I just want to make a reminder for all our listeners out there. We're producing a ton of great content up on the website, winddailydfs.com every single day. Matt's writing articles. I'm getting involved in articles. Scott Engel's getting involved in articles. We've got DFS pros that are, that are hitting on different subjects, stacks, pitchers. We have Multiple projection models that kind of bring the science into the game, the data into the game, K rates, WOBA, fly ball rates, line drive rates, exit velocity, things that, you know, we speak about, but we don't get into much detail here on the podcast. We kind of keep it fresh and kind of keep it, you know, keep the, the podcast moving and not trying to spit out stats while you're driving in your car and you're listening you're at home. But check out the tools on Windyldfs.com. Check out the sports betting picks, Matt. I don't know if you've been following our man MLB Moving Average on Twitter. It's, they're killing it. I love it. I love he's, it. He's nine for his nest nine. Hit three consecutive three-team parlays. I'm kind of upset that I haven't I haven't had the time to 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 put my bets in myself because I've been so busy with everything else going on in my life, but. I'm losing money not playing his picks. It's crazy. You know, I'm kind yeah. of getting upset at myself for not doing it. It's he's he's got a science to it, and so does Steve. You know, Steve records every single bet he makes. He's not out there, he's not out there touting. He's he's a very quiet dude. I've known him for years. He sustains a living, not by going to work and punching a clock working nine to five. He doesn't even play DFS no more. All this dude does is bet on games. He, heads, he lives in New Jersey. He goes to the FanDuel and DraftKings sportsbooks. He places his bets online, and he's supporting his family and his lifestyle betting games. This is the yeah, type of guy that you want to kind of build your models around because he's not out there touting. You, you go in our premium section, the guy's posting his results. He's posting his win rates. He's telling you when he loses, and he doesn't shout when he wins, but the dude is winning as well, so you got to check these things out. You know, check out the tools, check out the premium function. We have a golf article that's up already. Um, and hopefully you hear this in time to kind of take a shot. At the Millie maker on DraftKings is a hundred dollar entry. We have a uh, DFS golf pro that just launched his first article with us. Uh, Patrick did a great job. I don't know too much about golf, but I threw an entry in with some of his picks and I built my lineup around it. So hopefully that hits um, and we can share some money. But uh, I want you guys to check everything else out on the site, winddailydfs.com. Premium articles, premium podcasts, bunch of content up there. Take advantage of all the stuff we're doing for you guys, and we hope you appreciate it. If you got any questions, hit us up on Twitter, winddailydfs. Matt, what's, what's your Twitter handle again? It's
1: at Matt underscore striker underscore.
0: You love those underscores, huh?
1: Yeah, man, big fan of the underscore, baby.
0: So what is it Un- over promise? No, under. What, how do you say
1: it? I don't know where you're going with this over what under? Huh? I was over under, under promise was under over
0: dog. deliver. So I guess with those underscores, you're trying to underpromise and then over deliver with their with your, your podcast and your articles and everything else that's going on. But let's leave it at that. Hopefully everybody's going to make some money tonight um, on this Thursday slate. And if you're playing the early slate, you know, do what you got to do to be different. Um, thanks for listening again and we'll see you on Friday.